0: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Join us as we journey into the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin and how did they end? Let's find out on episode 16 of The Fan of History, The Greatest Party of All Time. That's right, it is the episode that you've all been waiting for, well at least I hope you have. We're going to talk about the greatest party of all time. Uh, Asher Nepal, the second, is throwing a party. Let's find out from Dan, my co-host, the fan of history. Say party hello. time. <laughs> yes, it is party time. Excellent. Woo. Party on, Brandon. Party on, Dan. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. All right, man. So, we have this uh, pleasant fellow. Known as the Lord of Massacres. And yeah, we'll, we'll learn why in the next episode. Next episode. But right now he's going to whine and dine us.
0: Yes. We are in the year 879 BC. And Ashnazupal II has completed his first campaigns. He has gained a lot of booty. And he has realized his father's dream of a new capital. So he's moving the capital north from Asher along the Tigris to Kala, what is today Nimrud, and uh, starts building. It's a 15-year building project. But uh, Asher doesn't want to wait until the building project is finished, so he throws the party at the start <laughs> of the project. And there's a reason for that, so we'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> Uh, there are uh, sources telling uh, telling us that uh, the city was completed at, in 879, or that the party was in 864. But they are all wrong. The party is at the start of the building project.
1: Wow! How come they? How come they all? Like what tells us that all those other people were wrong and that it starts at the very beginning? Uh, ...because I say so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it it might be that it is in 864, or that it it can't be finished in 879... ...because um, he has only been king for four years. Ah, uh, that makes sense. um, Now, I think that the sequence of events makes it actually quite impossible for the party to be in 864. Mm -hmm. So I think this is the party... Uh, Before we move to the actual feast, because this episode will only be one year, I wanted to introduce two city-states in Syria. Uh, They are sending guests to the party, uh, so they are somewhat relevant for this episode, but uh, I really wanted to introduce them somewhere, because they will be important for the rest of our story. Uh, the first is the kingdom of Carchemish. Uh, the kingdom of Carchemish is located uh, west of Kala mm-hmm. uh, at the sort of eastern northern edge of Syria. This is the most powerful of the Neo-Hittite city-states. Uh, remember, they are living uh, pretending that the, uh, uh, the Great Hittite Empire still exists. Uh, we mentioned this place last time because Ashnasipal uh, the second visited it and saw these fantastic temples uh, and right. art. Uh, there's a, especially a temple to the storm god Hadad. And uh, what you must know about this place is that it is a rich place. It is well fortified. Ashnasipal the second didn't take it; they just uh, invited him in and paid their tribute last time. Mm Because they could afford it. (laughs) This will also be the place where the Assyrian Empire makes their very last stand in the 7th century. And that will destroy the ancient city of Cercamish. But this city has been around for the full time of the Hattite Empire. So it's very ancient. Um, I also want to introduce the kingdom of Hamath. This is much closer to the coast. It's a kingdom of Arameans that have been inspired by the Neo-Hittites, but they are ruled by Arameans. It's modern Hama. And it's the main power on the fertile plains of Syria. And right south to it is uh, Aram Damascus. So this is the, like the second most powerful Aramean kingdom. So, Hamath and Karkamish, remember them.
1: But now, back to the party. Back to the party. All right, here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to step on inside the party room. That's right, you'll hear the... Oh, can you hear the people in the background? That's the party. Yeah. Now it's going to... Now we're going to talk about what's going on in the party while we're taking... A trip back in time to the party. So why don't you walk us through, Dan? Uh, Yeah, first about the
0: place, Uh, Kala Nimrud. This is an old village, a town that was founded by the I. Uh, in uh, the 13th century BC, but it has sort of fallen on hard times, and it's very small. So the place is entirely changed by this building project. Uh, There are uh, thousands of laborers that Nafash II has captured in the wars. Uh, The city walls will enclose 360 hectares. They dig a canal from the greater Saab River, which is an enormous undertaking are orchards and gardens and from the very first day from the day of the feast basically Asher Second II intends this to be the capital of the world and this is a major break with tradition because Asher has been the capital for over a thousand years but uh, now that Ashur Nassipal II breaks Tradition: Other Assyrian kings will get the idea that they can also do it, and this capital will be moved again. The centerpiece of the city is Ashurnasirpal's palace. It's 290,000 square feet, as six acres, pretty much. It has mm-hmm. golden doors, limestone sculptures, and these Hittite-inspired sculptures. <laughs> If you go to the British Museum, and we'll probably talk a lot about the British Museum when we talk about Asher Nasipal II, because he'll be around for a couple of more episodes. Uh, he has a whole department in the British Museum. There is an Asher Nassipal II display, a whole corridor, with only things about Asher Nasipal II. Because the British excavated Kala in the 1840s, and then mm-hmm. they just took everything, they took all they could get, and today we should probably be grateful that the British were uh, great thieves in the 19th century, <laughs> because all of this stuff uh, that's now in the British Museum would be vulnerable to Islamic State destruction today. So uh, if you are in London, you must visit the British Museum and check out Ashwin Asipal second display. You will find more about why he's the Lord of Massacres than about this feast. So, the party itself then. Uh, there are sixty-nine thousand five hundred and seventy-four guests at the party. Wow. Yes, we have the exact figure of how many <laughs> were there.
1: That's some that's some great record keeping right there. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, there seems to be a general invitation to all the powerful people in the world that Ashurnasirpal II knows about. So uh, everybody's invited. There are Arameans, Hittites, the kings of Calchemish and Hamath, uh, the kings of the Kanilgabat, uh, and uh, the kings of the mountains in the north and in the mountains of the east. The Babylonians are surely invited. There is a guy called Lubarna, the king of Patinu from Syria that will appear in our story later. He was at the hmm. party. Uh, but there is a notable exception. Uh, Amabal A, lord of the Bitsamini tribe, mm-hmm. he doesn't show up to the party. Hmm. And that angers Ashurnasirpal II because... If Ashan II calls you to a party, you better come. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So he's he's not happy.
1: I can imagine not.
0: Um, So, uh, we actually have the menu from the party. Oh, I forgot to mention there were, of course, Phoenicians Ah, and Phrygians. Uh, uh, Yes,
1: let's look at the menu. Let's look at this menu. This menu is crazy. So we start off here. We have 1,000 fattened head of cattle. All right. Another 1,000 cows for, for yep. beef. We got, yeah, 1,000 beef cows, 1,000 calves, I guess for all the, uh, tender meat that you want in there. Yes. <laughs> 10,000 stable sheep. So 10,000 sheep, 15,000 lambs roll nice. that, that leg of lamb, another two hundred head of cattle, just to offer Ishtar.
0: Was um, yeah, a great party needs a sacrifice of two hundred yeah. cows,
1: <laughs> and not just that, another one thousand sheep, also offering for Ishtar. It must have taken time to sacrifice one thousand two hundred sheep. Yeah, I can. <laughs> no, or that, that, that that's, add, that's that's a yeah if. You would have to... It's an undertaking. It's for 1,000 sheep. I mean, that's amazing. The, the priests of Ishtar must have been like, Oh, we are going to the party. Oh, no, we are on sacrifice duty for 10 days. Exactly. Oh, here we go. A ritual again for the 1,000th time. <laughs> the, the party lasts 10 days. So, yeah. oh, okay. Um, 1,000 spring lambs. I wonder what the difference is. Mean, are we talking like really, really small lambs at this point? I think so. Yeah. Um, 500 gazelles, a thousand ducks, 500, uh, geese, and also, um, another 500 geese, uh, the curku geese. Possibly cranes? Yeah, I don't know. But, uh, they love eating birds. Yeah, clearly. They have, they have a thing for all kinds of birds. And, um, yeah, because then you have a thousand uh, masuku birds, bird of prey, a thousand uh, caribou birds, possibly crows is what those were, 10,000 <laughs> 10, dove. And let me tell you, as someone who has field cleaned a dove, for that tiny two ounces of, of breast meat, cleaning those is a pain in the butt. Cleaning 10,000 of them would make me cry. And we have another 10,000 turtle doves, uh, another 10,000 small birds of some kind.
0: <laughs> Mixed small
1: <laughs> yeah. birds. Yeah. Just, just a, just buckets of whatevers. <laughs> 10,000. Assorted fish. Um, I wonder if you get those out of the Tigris
0: or huh. where, where they come from,
1: right? I wonder if they're salted fish brought uh, in pretty
0: far away from the sea.
1: Yeah. Cause that's the only way you're making it across that desert with, with fish is if they are <laughs> super salted. But I guess yep. you could have them out of the river. You get um, the trout and whatnot. But you—that would decimate that in that that river system.
0: Um, that's why there is no there is no fish in the tigers today.
1: Yeah, there you go. I ate them all. Uh, Ten thousand jerboa, and I was just talking to Dan about this a little while ago. Jerboa are those cute little mice with the giant ears and the huge back legs. You know, the little kangaroo rat-looking things. They are adorable. And uh, they don't have much meat on them. No, I I don't think that thing weighs an ounce by itself. (laughs) How are you going to eat it? I don't know. So I I wonder if he just sat
0: down and sort of thought about all the things he liked and just wrote big numbers. Yeah, I want 10,000
1: Yeah, And then the act of gathering 10,000 Jerboa. (laughs) So there's people out there with... With sticks and sacks, just scavenging as many as they could. Maybe they were
0: ancient jerboa farmers.
1: (laughs) They're very tiny farmers, and they have free-range jerboa. (laughs) Oh man! They they just they hop so adorably. Okay, so (laughs) then we have ten thousand eggs. Oh, sometimes. Again, random eggs. You know what I bet, though? You know, they're trying to find 10,000 Jerboa and have these dudes out there going, Listen, man, we've only got five, maybe 6,000 Jerboa. It's time we start gluing some some leaves to the ears of some random rats. And just say, look at these <laughs> fat Jerboa we found. <laughs> because we are not going to hit 10,000. <laughs> Yeah, the Jerboa scandal happened is the
0: tree of the park.
1: Great Jerboas. This is not a Jerboa. I it's am a appalled. <laughs>
0: Cats will roll.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Okay.
0: Then we get to the real business.
1: Yeah, 10,000 jars of beer. Mm-hmm. To so go with those Jerboa. Yeah. That's what you dip your Jerboa in <laughs> to make them. Edible. <laughs> uh, no, you have 100 containers of some sort of fine mixed beer. That's the malt liquor they're getting all juiced up nice. on. 10,000 imported skins of wine. See, that's what they would do. You have these, because it's sheepskin that wine is held in, right? It's got to be. I think that's what it is, right? Continue. then you... Kinda. I wonder
0: where it's imported from. I don't know. Uh, probably from the uh, from Turkey, from the Nairi lands. Hmm. They were renowned for their wine. Uh, remember, there is no um, hard liquor at this time. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I I don't know if the Syrians drank their wine uh, watered down or not. Hmm. But uh, I I don't. This is. This is one of the few mentions of alcohol. They were not heavy drinkers. Right.
1: And now we hm. need it's something nutrition. Yes. So to go with these thousands and thousands upon thousands of meat varieties, we have one thousand wood crates of vegetables. Just vegetables. <laughs> yeah, just you know they're just digging up whatever they could. Just <laughs> say just put some greens. Someone's mom made them at least order some vegetables. Then you have three hundred containers of oil, hopefully, to fry those vegetables in. And then nice. you, <laughs> and then you have one hundred pistachio cones. What is a pistachio cone? Do you know?
0: I have no idea. Maybe it's the dessert.
1: The dessert. <laughs> it's ice cream. <laughs> no, they did not have pistachio ice cream. <laughs> The
0: it's strangest got, thing is that this, uh, this menu survives. Yeah, because that's, it's actually inscribed on a piece of stone that's 3,000 years old.
1: That's, that's amazing. I mean, it was so important that they actually... Ah, here it is. Pistachio cones. Um, This looks like a cone shape of a bunch of pistachios. But anyway, but yeah. They, this, this was important. You know, they're just random dates and victories and stuff. We get some of that, but the detail of this list is incredible.
0: Yeah, this. Remember, this is a ten-day party with almost seventy thousand guests. Selling a little or a lot. bit about what happened during the party itself. There was a lot of ceremony, of course. Ashina the II appointed governors for the newly conquered um, territories. Mm-hmm. He had an o- opening ceremony for the Kala Zoo. <laughs> so there was a place filled with animals from all over the Assyrian world. <laughs> Because uh, that's uh, that's something that was important to the Mesopotamians. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of temples being inaugurated in the new city. The mm-hmm. biggest one being the Temple of Ninurta. Remember, uh, to cult Ninurta II was Ashurnasirpal's uh, father. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ninurta is the scribe of the gods. There were temples to Adad. Uh, the storm god, uh, Shala, Sharapnipki, uh, Sharu, Damkina, Kula, Kidmuru, Nabu, Dasibiti and Sin. Uh, and there was also an announcement that um, you are all to these dignitaries from foreign lands that had paid tribute. They were thanked for their loyalty, and they were also informed that the tributes were now increased because Uh (laughs) somebody had to pay for the party.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's a party. Oh, by the way, there's an entry fee. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: That was not the worst thing, though, because at the end of the party, an undisclosed number of people were not allowed to go home because the city needed population. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So they were forced to remain in Kala as uh, Assyrian citizens then, filling up this city. So because the other Assyrians had their cities, so they... He didn't want to move them. (laughs) Recruited these guests, probably (laughs) 10,000 or so... (laughs) Wow. ...into his new city. And those are the known events of... uh, of the party itself. But we also, uh, I also wanted to go into some details about the life of this great king and how he spent his free time. There were surely a hunt. Oh, uh, yeah. The Assyrians were obsessed with hunting and especially the king. And hunting was a royal privilege. So there were animals that only the king were allowed to kill. So you think that these animals would be fairly safe then because there's only one guy that can kill them. <laughs> but he has help and he loves hunting. So the Assyrian kings, from uh, probably from more ancient times than this, up till the very end, are obsessed with hunting and will depict themselves hunting almost as often as they depict themselves going to war or killing people. And we actually have a quote from a hunt that Asher Nasipal II did so do you want to read it in your
1: uh, best Asher Nasipal voice oh, you need boy. to practice for next <clears throat> episode right I will try and this this voice is not to be offensive to anyone it is my generic I am a, a great leader from a distant past voice <clears throat> let's see here Asher II what did he do I killed 30 elephants with the bow, 257 powerful wild bulls I killed from my war chariots. I killed 370 strong lions just by spear, like birds in a cage. So he walks around
0: spearing 370 (laughs) lions. Uh, We are talking about the Mesopotamian lion. Yeah. It's... uh, uh, related to the Indian lions. It's a smaller lion, <laughs> but uh, the, the Mesopotamian lion is actually exterminated by the Assyrians. They just hunt, they uh, hunted them all. Yes, II <laughs> does a, a lot of damage to the population, <laughs> but uh, it's a later Assyrian king that actually exterminates the lions. Uh, they are really obsessed with lions. If you go to the British Museum, you will see mm-hmm. these reliefs of uh, lion hunts. And the lion is one of these animals that only the king can kill. Uh, You will also see that there is perhaps some boasting and uh, overstating of facts (laughs) in these reliefs, because we actually have uh, an image of Ashinazepal II
1: killing a lion. Right. Isn't it standing (laughs) up, like, right in front of him? Yes. Yes. (laughs) The
0: lion is pretty much pouncing at him. <laughs> and uh, he only has a small sword. So what he does is that he takes the lion by the throat, stopping it mid-pounce, sure. uh, grabbing it, holding it up,
1: Seems and then he
0: the lion. Mm.
1: <laughs> of course he did. So that's how you hunt lions if you're a badass. <laughs> Heck yeah. You just hold that bad boy up. Slice him right there.
0: I'll include the link in the show notes <laughs> to a site... Uh, there's a website called Badass of the Week, and they actually <laughs> did a feature on Ashton Asipal II. Nice. And uh, It's really fun to read. It's not entirely serious, but they are like uh, looking at details like this and <laughs> telling you about how much of a badass Ashton Asipal II is. Well, it's a lot
1: like an ancient comic book. <laughs> well, he definitely... He definitely did some crazy off the wheel, off the you know, off the wheels kind of stuff. So,
0: but he also liked the good uh, relaxation. So, uh,
1: oh, nice. Uh, there is
0: another image where one of the Mesopotamian gods come down and give him a back rub. there is a guy <laughs> standing behind him. He's sitting on a throne, and there is this huge guy behind him with the head of a, a bird. Uh, yeah, just giving him a back rub. So you're doing well, Lashanasa
1: Keep doing this. <laughs> it's his coach. He's in the back. Yeah. Give him, the back. Hell, Give him hell, Lashanasa <laughs> <laughs> Give him hell.
0: And uh, we must remember that, that we are just a few years into the Assyrian Empire, so everything is just getting started. But uh, as I said before, there will never be a king quite like this guy, so he will be a, a, an inspiration <laughs> to uh, Assyrian kings. Um, and when the party is over, when 10 days have passed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all these uh, things have been consumed, people have been detained, temples have been uh, started up. Um, there's, of course, only one thing
1: you do to end the great party. You go to war. Of course. It's always. It's the best way to end any party.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's the Viking way as well. <laughs> so we tend to do that here in Sweden. Um, so remember that the Assyrians, they uh, go on, on robber campaigns every year. It's like, go somewhere, beat people up, take their stuff. So... They are always looking for a reason uh, to go somewhere. They they need to go somewhere. So if you are on top of the list of people that piss the Assyrian king off, you will get the attention of the Assyrian army. And remember, Amibal A did not show up to the party. Mm -mm. So he gets the attention of 50,000 war-crazy Assyrian soldiers in state-of-the-art equipment. Uh, The royal army leaves Kala, crosses the Tigris, goes to the interior of the Kabku, uh, and look up the Bitsamini tribe. And it turns out that he actually looked forward to the party. He was like preparing for the party, uh, (laughs) choosing his clothes, and then he was murdered because of his loyalty to the Assyrians. So, huh. not only did he, they murdered his guest.
1: Well, that seems like a bad idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. And when this army shows up, the uh, uh, the, the tribe uh, sort of throws themselves on the ground and asks for forgiveness, says they're <sighs> paying tribute, and they know that they need to do something special, so they include, like, every hot chick in the tribe <laughs> in the tribute. And this actually does the trick. So Ashun Pal II, for once, does not massacre his enemies, but he accepts this tribute uh, and uh, lets the Tamini tribe live under a new leader that he appoints. And then he goes back to Kala, So those are the events of 879 B.C. Wow. That's incredible. That's a party. And uh, (laughs) Ashun II is only getting started too, just like the Empire, because he has some more work to do. And in our next episode, we'll learn why uh, he's called the Lord of
1: Massacres. Rawr. I bet he does things like kiss puppies and help old ladies across the street. Mm, something like that. All right. I knew it. <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoyed our episodes, please consider the Patreon. Patreon.com slash fan of history. Also, the YouTube site. It's YouTube slash fan of history Go there. You can see some, you know, lots of good content. Please like and subscribe and share with your friends. Let them know if you like this. Um, also, uh, give us a review on iTunes. We'll be out there on iTunes. And as always, we thank you for listening. Uh, it's time for something, Brandon. Oh, no. I thought I could do this quick enough. <laughs> That it's time you. for Assyria. For <laughs> Babylonia. Oh boy. Uh, let me do some stretches. Do some deep knee bends. Yeah, last time. I did pretty good. But now but now I feel like I have something I have to live up to. Yes. So dang it. Alright. Talk about gods. Gods. Hmm. So
0: it's always uh, it be hard. I'm sure it will be. So here are five gods. Five gods. Are they Assyrian gods or Babylonian gods?
1: Hmm. All right.
0: The Mm -hmm. first god is Marduk.
1: Marduk? Marduk. I've heard of this one.
0: Everybody's heard of Marduk.
1: Marduk is Babylonian.
0: Yes. Ah.
1: It's the the king
0: god of uh, the Babylonians. He is the Zeus of the Babylonian gods. Yeah. So, here is the second god.
1: Let's do this. Asa Ruludu. Asaruludu. Asaruludu. I'm going to say Assyrian. He is a Babylonian oh, god. Oh, man. He's a protective deity.
0: The shining god that illuminates our path. The light of the gods. Huh. Okay, so 1 1. 1 1. We have come to god number
1: three. God number three is Asher. Asher? Yeah. Well, that's Assyrian. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: a god of war. God of war.
1: If I got that one wrong, then I haven't been paying attention.
0: this <laughs> He didn't get a temple in Kala, and that's probably because the, uh, it was too much of a sacrilege to build a new temple to Asher, because the great temple to Asher wow. is in the city of Asher, the old capital. That so, makes sense. Uh, he, he couldn't do that. Um God number four is Tiamat.
1: Oh, Tiamat. Yeah. Okay, that's Babylonian. Yes. Yeah. This is the... Uh,
0: Chaos of primordial creation, sort of evil, the the Satan of uh, Babylonian religion. Uh, Also uh, the um, depiction of women. (laughs) (laughs) So she's the the beauty of the feminine and sort of the evil of the world. (laughs) The final god is
1: Lahamu. Lahamu. Hmm. Lahamu. Can, uh, can you use it in a sentence?
0: Uh, <laughs> I sacrificed them all to <laughs>
1: Lahamu. Lahamu. Uh, and I'm gonna go with, hmm, Lahamu. I'm a Babylonian. Yes. Ah, ha, <laughs> <yes. laughs> ha.
0: <laughs> She's Babylonian. She's the daughter of Tiamat and always hangs out with her husband, who is also her brother. Huh? Lam. <laughs> All right. And they are the parents of the parents of the first gods. So huh. that's something to think about. Uh, the trick question here, of course, and you might have been confused, of course, with the uh, building of all those temples in uh, Kala. Right. Because we mentioned like ten gods. None of those <laughs> gods were Assyrians. Assyrian gods. Because the Assyrians have only one god. Asher. Right. Asher. <laughs> their, their religion is the strangest version of monotheism I ever heard about. I, I still don't fully understand it. But Asher is all gods. Uh, and I think this is also confusing to to the Assyrians, because they tend to worship other gods. And then they go like, uh, but we are just worshiping Asher, we promise. But there's a constant problem that they sort of think other religions are easier to understand. <laughs> their own. So, uh, yeah, that was the trick question this time. But you did well. Yay. Was it four out of five? I think you're now 2-2 two, two in your rounds of... Uh, <laughs> so maybe we'll have
1: a okay. final round next time winner take all wait, it's just me competing <laughs> <laughs> so uh, ah
0: yeah, that's that's all we have this time.
1: Well, that was fun we need to do, we need to have more parties me and you need to throw a party like this. Can you afford ten thousand cows?
0: Yeah, when we get, uh, you know, the big historical podcast, they always do uh, these uh, travels, like uh, Mike Duncan does the Roman tour and the the revolutions tour. Right. get a lot of people and you go together to these places. So when we get big enough, we'll go to Nimrud and uh, visit the Islamic State.
1: And in the middle
0: of the war, we'll we'll throw this party.
1: Yes, that sounds like it won't attract any kind of negative attention. (laughs) No. It'll also be about a million dollars per ticket. Oh, my God. (laughs)
0: But uh, we'll do it. Just keep contributing to the (laughs) Patriot. We'll work on
1: this. Yes, Dan will do that by himself. So help help Dan travel. Don't know if we will if we will eat those jerboas. I'm not sure. I'm gonna go to the local zoo. I think they have some. Ask if I can eat them. (laughs) See what kind of response I get. (laughs) Oh, jerboas, the cutest of all vermin. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. (laughs) I am Brennan. I'm Dan. this has been the Fan of Histories. I guess that's it. I kind of screwed up that ending. What did I do? I don't even know what I said there. This has been the Fan of Histories. Okay, good. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.